Luna, psychology researcher and educator. And I'm Brian Luna, and I never understood the Bride of Frankenstein's hair. And you're listening to Talk Psych to Me, a show where we take research out of the lab and into the street. Let's get into it. Do you understand her hair? I mean, what's there to understand? Why is it so high? It's her choice. No, it's she was created. What do you mean it's her choice? Well, it was someone's choice. Yeah, Frankenstein's. Why would someone with a mohawk judge other people's hair? All right, here we go. Let's get into it. Psychology of what? Being mean? <laughs> no, we're going to be talking about psychological time travel. What? So before we get into the psychology, let's dip just a toe, a pinky toe, into the pool of philosophy. The philosopher Blaise Pascal once wrote, We are so unwise that we wander about in times that do not belong to us and do not think of the only one that does. So vain that we dream of the times that are not and blindly flee from the one that is. What? <laughs> you lost me at time. You lost me. At- this guy sounds like his name should be Blaze because he was smoking something when he was like, listen to me, man. Time is on our side, but it's not on our side. It's above and below us too, man. I think what he's saying is as humans, we spend too little time in the one real time which is the present and too much time in the future or the past the oh future yeah or the yeah past. yeah 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 of course regret and anxiety about the future absolutely i too much time yeah sure why not so the research would disagree with you and pascal well, why'd you set me up like that siding with blaze <laughs> i just said do you agree or disagree well if i'm gonna stand with anyone it's gonna be with a dude named blaze <laughs> <laughs> let's be honest blaze and luna what's whatever the french Bring version it. of blaze is blase blaze Mm, Blase. I think his name is Blase. That's very different. (laughs) So there is a lot of wisdom and research showing that being present in the moment can have enormous positive impact on our mental health and resilience. However, Mm -hmm. a little deliberate time travel can also be really good for us. Okay. So today I wanted to talk about two particular types of psychological time travel that is healthy, reminiscence, and something called anticipatory joy. Christmas or, or like the gifts I get. At Christmas. Right, you're already joy. starting to think about Christmas. I've given you my list. Like you, yesterday, you, you were yeah. like, can't wait for Christmas. <laughs> you're I'm really the only adult started. I know that, gets, that still gets like gifts, not gift, gifts. Gifts. Yeah, and I'm the only adult I know that has to prepare a long <laughs> list of gifts that I have to purchase for my adult husband. I mean, I guess it's great that you're an adult husband. Oh, yeah, I mean, because a minor husband would be really weird. That would be wrong. No. <laughs> Thank you. But before we get to Christmas and such, let's start with some reminiscing. Okay. Brian, when you Mm -hmm. are feeling low, Mm -hmm. are there any memories you turn to as a way to feel better? Yes. Is it Christmas? No, no, actually it's not. It's um, when I was a kid, fall in Texas was a big deal because it was like a respite from the summer, which was just like as the philosopher Blaze, it was blazing. <laughs> so um, I stood with Blaze back then, man. It was it was brutal. And then when the fall would come along, it would mean a couple things. It would mean school would start, which I used to get really excited for. Nerd. Uh, I know, I know. But it's just like seeing my friends and then playing football again and stuff like that. But when I was a little kid, one of the things I used to love was – 
and I've talked about it before is my brother would let me play football with him or just watch. Like he would let me watch. That's how, that's how big, that's brothers how, are the worst. Yeah, brother, big brothers are the worst. He's the best now. You suck, Roger. No, no, no. You're the best, Roger. You're great. You taught me a lot. No, but like, even if he was allowed me, he, he would allow me to like be there, just watch the game, but it was the cool air. I go back to that tiny field in our apartment complex that felt like uh, Dallas, like Cowboy Stadium. You know what I mean? It was, it was everything to me and it had trees where there weren't supposed to be and sidewalk came way too soon you know <laughs> and like you know there's still like little marks on the brick wall where people would slam into it by accident if they caught a really deep touchdown um <laughs> but i remember i just go back to those days of like getting ready to go out mm. so like getting my, my mom you better take a jacket i'm gonna take a jacket i just i just need to go because if i don't go roger you know and just running out there next to my brother or actually behind him a little bit but like still going with the group and Sometimes a couple times it let me play, but most of the time I would just watch, and yeah. it was it was awesome. I'd spend all day out there. Interesting. It's almost like you have nostalgia about anticipatory joy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh it my was, gosh! A lot of that is a lot. Like I, I get the buildup. Like for Christmas, it's not Christmas. It's the movies going up to Christmas, which mm-hmm. means Halloween movies, and which means horror film, the music. Yeah, I, yeah. You know, like. So, what do you think? Do you think that getting nostalgic in this way helps us or hurts us? I think it helps us. I think it really does put things in perspective and it teaches mm. us to find a place of, of calm, you know, especially if you're, if you're anxious or if you're going through a lot of stuff or you're just feeling like really overwhelmed. It's good to go back to something that's simpler. So here's what's interesting. Up until fairly recently, mm-hmm. nostalgia was considered maladaptive. And nostalgia is like that longing or pain, like pang, I should yeah. say, we feel when we reminisce. The Swiss physician Johannes Hofer coined the term nostalgia in the 17th century and described it as a cerebral disease, Oof. particularly afflicting people in battle who were feeling homesick. And yet, in a recent literature review, researchers Clay Rutledge and team found that reminiscing about the past is a resource for mental health and well-being. And researchers Spear and Delgado also found that reminiscing reduces stress. And for relationship building in particular, there's a specific type of reminiscence that is a big predictor of relationship satisfaction. (laughs) Do you want to guess what it is? Uh, I would guess it's like, you know how people like try to rekindle their fir- their first year together or something like that? Yeah. Like, uh, and it's just not as good would for some people. Would you want our first year back? Hell no. Hell no. No way. Thanks, sweetie. No. Our <laughs> our first year was terrible. No, I'm kidding. Uh, no, no, no. I No, because I mean, we weren't too nearly as honest. Too we weren't stressful. Nearly, too stressful. Hey, I was honest. What are you trying to tell me? Nothing. <laughs> So was I honest. No, but it too. was stressful. There was anxiety. There was so much uncertainty. There was so much uncertainty. Okay, and then so we had to deal with like so many outside factors, you know, like family and how quickly we got together and people were like, you know, naysayers. And then, uh, you know, your one friend was like, I like seeing you better with your ex-boyfriend in yeah, front of me. Yeah, she did say that. She did say that. So. I guess she was feeling nostalgic. <laughs> she was feeling nostalgic. <laughs> and I was feeling really punchy. So, yeah. So Doris Bazzini and team had romantic couples like us, reminisce about one of four topics and found that couples who reminisced about a time they laughed together had the greatest (laughs) jump in relationship (laughs) satisfaction. Is there a funny experience we've shared that we reminisce about Holy crap, because we've laughed from the get-go, even before we were together, when we were Yeah, our first real interaction together was me spitting in your mouth. (laughs) I wasn't going to say it because I was like, how 
we can explain this. <laughs> but the first time we really had one-on-one time together. Yeah, it was at Pathmark. It was at Pathmark in East Harlem. And, and you said something that made me laugh. And I was going to say something again to follow up because I like to, you know, if I make someone laugh, I like to keep them on the ropes. You know, like yeah. hit them with another one. And you laughed. And it's a huge piece of spit as I was like, and then what's the deal? And then it went right in my mouth and I was like mortified. Do you think that's basically our first kiss? <laughs> God, I hope not. But, uh, but yeah, it was, it was pretty, uh, it was pretty. And then Ooh, we laughed about I'm that. I'm just realizing like today that would be horrifying. Today yeah. you do not want to be spitting in people's mouths. No, inadvertently or on purpose. But you're right. A core tenant of our relationship is laughter mm-hmm. and I think reflecting on laughter. Yeah. So aside from the impact of reminiscence on relationships, Mm -hmm. researcher Robin Fivish also found that what we reminisce about has a significant impact on our identities and sense of self. I think I'm going to blow your mind a little bit when I say this, but I'm going to just try it. Okay. Me and Blaze. Me and Blaze. We are who we believe we were. Get out of my head, Luna. (laughs) Get out of my head, Luna. Do you know what I mean? God, dog. What? Seriously, did you have? What did you have before? A little brownie, a little cookie. What was it? Some gummies. We are who we believe we were. So if you think about who you are today, Brian Luna, so much of that is based on what you reflect on about your past. Because there's so many things we've done, so many people we've been, who we are today, our concept of ourself is based on the memories and the stories that we relive over and over and over. I can see that because a lot of times, even when people are creeps or when people are are dirtbags, they go back and they remember all the good stuff about (laughs) them, about themselves. No, I'm serious. Like I know a couple of friends on like say Facebook and they say some terrible things. Creeps and dirtbags? Creeps and dirtbags. And they say some pretty terrible things about humanity right now. They talk a big game. And I remember I was like, but this guy used to, anytime someone wanted to like fight him or something like that, he would leave school early and he would like duck and dive and dodge and duck. For the record, there's nothing wrong with nonviolence. Then you can't talk a Ah, big game and big talk everybody and be like, oh, ho, hum, I'm the big bad wolf now. And I quote, yeah, you know, (laughs) ho, ho, hum, I am the big big bad bad wolf wolf now. You know, can I get that on a t shirt? Sure, I I think so. But my point is, is that (laughs) they tell themselves the story. Yeah. So you're saying who we think we are might be based on selectively absolutely choosing and deleting certain memories. And I think that's what you and Blazer are saying is like fivish. Oh, fivish. Yeah. <laughs> fivish. You know, it's something that I've talked about in therapy the last couple of years. I'm plagued by a lot of the bad stuff I did growing up. You know, in the heat of the moment, things like that. I had some problems with aggression and stuff like that. And <laughs> I did lose a little bit when I spilled your LaCroix a minute ago. But um, About 20 minutes ago, <laughs> there was an incident in our kitchen in response to a can of LaCroix that had a little too much LaCroix in it. It was full and it was by the so I threw that out of his trash and I threw it out and it got all over. Oh, ho, hum. Oh, I am the I'm big, the big bad wolf. wolf. All right. <laughs> but yeah, I hear you. The LaCroix incident was short-lived. You're talking about growing yeah. up, dealing with a lot of aggression. And, and, but but and, what my point is, is that I didn't want to just remember the good stuff and sit here and say that I'm the hero now and I'm the mm. cape, you know, or whatever. I really wanted to address all those things that I... I am the cape. I am, I am the cape. <laughs> I once was a boy. Now I'm a bat. Uh, and and I, I really want to be the person mm. I remember because I beautiful. still I'm still like 
not haunted, but I still remember a lot of that stuff. I, I actually think that's that. a really important lesson to have empathy for other people too, because we tend to remember as a coping mechanism, most of us tend to remember the good things we've done. Yeah. And perhaps occasionally we're haunted by the bad things we've done, but it's so easy to remember the bad about others and ignore the complexity yeah. of the good and the bad. Yeah. So for me, this was a nice reminder that I should be more deliberate about reminiscing about some of the things I've done that make up the person that I want to be. Just start thinking about all the bad stuff you've done to me. Or I should start thinking about all the times that I did throw out the LaCroix. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) One more quick point that I'd like to make about our past before we move on to talking about the future. We have to keep building our memory bank. And especially these days, life can feel so blurry. Without investing in new memories today, what are we going to look back on tomorrow? Mm. And so it helps to know that the most memorable memories are... When you got good stuff. (laughs) Like when you got a good gift. I did. I did. You did. I did. (laughs) Surprising. The most memorable memories have an element of surprise. Oh, yeah. Researchers Nikolai Axmacher and team found that the more unexpected our life events, the more memorable they are. So if we want to be these psychological time travelers, we can't let one day keep blending into the next. So this is a perfect segue into talking about the other aspect of psychological time travel, which is anticipatory joy. Yeah. It's like the positive version of anxiety. It's looking forward to something. So let's say that you had to compare what brings us the most joy. Taking a vacation, looking back on a vacation, or looking forward to a vacation. Uh, I'm going to guess looking forward to a vacation. <laughs> okay. well, no, but that's but what honestly, do you think for real? But that's honestly the only time you are truly excited. Because looking back, you can be like, oh, man, remember when I got... I ate that bad chili or something like that out there and I didn't have nowhere to go and I was in the hotel room all day. But you and I look back on the getting food poisoning. I don't know what it was. It It was was food poisoning. Get out of here, Norwegian germ. They, they, they put us in there and they try to tell we us that we got We were on a cruise the, called the Norwegian Gem, which we have renamed the Norwegian Germ. Because they try to tell us that we got a flu. But the point was, is that we ate at a restaurant next to this other couple. Yeah. And then the next day we saw that other couple in the infirmary with us. <laughs> and all kinds of stuff was going on in yeah. that room. And Things it was were happening to me it that was had never happened before. So, but, but It wasn't how I pictured it. <laughs> I'll tell you, it wasn't what I imagined when I was looking forward to our honeymoon. Not at all. Not at all. But the looking forward to was the best part of that whole trip. We can laugh about it now. In the moment, it stunk. Um, literally. Literally. I guess <laughs> it's always the best looking forward to it. Because okay. like when you get there, you're like, oh, this hotel room doesn't look like it did in a brochure yeah. or whatever. You know, like, oh, man, it was way hotter than I thought it was going to be or it was way colder than I thought. You know, but the end. Anticipation is the best part. So in a study of 974 travelers, your now in and team found that the best part of the trip was... Anticipation? Yes. <laughs> so vacations aside... You're really setting these up. I know, you're I didn't really, set that one up. Yeah, great. you made it seem like there's going to be some big thing. Like, Well, you're usually the opposite of what the research shows. So this time it's a pleasant surprise to know that you might be human <laughs> after all. <laughs> all right, tell me about now, Ian. Yeah, so that was, that was research specifically on vacations. Mm-hmm. Vacations aside, researchers Samuel Monfort and team found that in general, looking forward to something positive leads to more... More happiness and less stress, and it's even better for you than reminiscing. So I guess we touched on this a little bit when we talked about making new memories, but particularly when it comes to looking forward to something, how do we do that in a time when we're in the midst of a pandemic, what feels like relentless racism and other forms of chronic human and animal suffering? How do you allow yourself, in some ways, I think, the hope to actually look forward to something when it feels like 
you don't even have control over what tomorrow might look like. Well, I think you said it. You allow hope. Mm. You just allow it in. I mean, look, in the darkest of times, they're there to show us the light, right? To show us that there is something on the other side of that. This has to be from the ashes or from the, the little bud of a flower that comes out. I mean, Did you say butt of a flower? Bud yeah. of a flower, yeah. There has to be something. Yeah. There has to be. And you have to allow that in. Yeah. You know, even with the recent tragedies, in Wisconsin, we look at our election coming up and we look at these dismal things that are happening everywhere around us. Even yesterday, hearing about the passing of Chadwick Bozeman. I mean, that was, and I didn't know him. I, I'm not going to make it all about me. I didn't know him or anything, but I sat there on the couch, like with my hand, you know, my, my phone in my hand, like crying. Despite all of this, we got to know that, especially with this particular passing of this actor, the first thing I thought of was the kind of fan outpouring all the tributes that are going to be happening, all the things that I'm going to see in the next few days that are going to be a beautiful tribute to this wonderful actor, this young man who has just had everything in front of him. Same thing with in Wisconsin, with the police shooting, you know, once again, I allow myself to feel that rage and to feel that depression and and all those feelings that come crashing in at once. But before I put my head on the pillow, I got to believe that there's something else out there. I got to believe that there's a, there's there's an answer to all of this, that there's going to be light at the end of the tunnel because the same people who marched during the civil rights, had they given up because there was no hope and there was no hope back then, we wouldn't be talking about the injustices now. This would just be everyday life. Yeah. So I got to think that if we look back, as we're talking about and mm-hmm. learn and extract and- So kind of use mem- that as fuel. You'll use that as fuel, like what they fought for, what our country has always been, is fighting, 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 fighting. Sometimes it's each other. Sometimes it's it's for a cause, regardless, mm. be on the right side of the fight and, and learn. And I think that's to- really beautiful because it ties back to research on how our memories shape our identity mm-hmm. and actually- drawing some perseverance and hope by looking at times in the past where either we personally or our country or a species has persevered. But even saying that, as a country, we look back and we build this narrative of who we are as a country, thinking that, oh, we're so righteous, we're so good. All of Mm. this new history that's coming out about what America really is and what it stands for. Oh my gosh, you're right. Our history books are a rewriting of our identity. A rewriting of our identity. And What's beautiful about that is, yeah, it's a rude awakening because I drank the Kool-Aid when I was a kid. I wanted to be an American history teacher because I love this country so much. Then as I got older, taking better history classes and learning about the Trail of Tears and all these tragedies that happened that we did, there's hope that there's still good there. There's still good because people survived that and they're telling that story and it's coming out now and there's no hiding anymore. To me, the takeaway from what you're saying is to keep the macro anticipatory joy in my heart to go, wow, won't it be amazing to be a part of seeing change? I also think... doing change. And doing, being part of the change. I also think that as humans, we need the micro anticipatory joy too. Mm -hmm. So while we look forward to a more just world, we can also look forward to Christmas or to Halloween. I love a concept I came across by author Markham Hyde, who recommends micro dosing on anticipatory joy. I think it applies to both looking back and looking forward. So it means dwelling on the small delights of your past and (laughs) setting yourself up to look forward to small things in 
the future that are within your control, like listening to your favorite podcast, <laughs> scheduling a call with a childhood friend, maybe making plans to adopt a pig. This has been my anticipatory joy, <laughs> like coping mechanism. All I can think about these days is when are we going to get a pig? Two pigs. Or two pigs. <laughs> Any other takeaways for you? Yeah, to incorporate more hope. I forget, especially in days like yesterday and the last week, seeing what's happening in our country. I forget. But then I have to remember the hope. Yeah. I have to remember that the anticipatory joy of celebrating again, yeah. of being around people and locking arms and saying, this is the new country. This is the new society. Country. Yeah. Yeah. I love that takeaway. So we've been talking about time today. And speaking of time, we promised to experiment with shorter episodes. So, so that we are out of time. We have used all the time that we needed to use. Okay. Let's put it that way. Fair enough. I look forward to talking to you next week. I'll reminisce about talking to you today. And I can't wait to read your reviews and hear from you on Instagram at Talk Psych to Me Podcast. And until then, thank you for listening to Talk, Talk Psych, Psych to, to Me. me.